From the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, Arizona, welcome to episode 233 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. My name is Deacon Steve, and I'm a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Phoenix. I hope you're all well and safe as we enter more fully into this Lenten season. If you're not perfectly living your Lenten sacrifices, your prayers, your almsgiving, it is not too late. Let us dedicate ourselves to prayer, fasting from what distracts us and takes us away from the Lord, and giving of our talents and treasures to others to help us die to self and prepare ourselves to celebrate the joy of the resurrection. In episode 233 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast, we first discuss our Saint of the Week, who is Saint David of Wales, a missionary bringing the truth of the faith to Wales. We hear a homily for the second Sunday of Lent, as we hear about Jesus being transfigured. In the segment Catholics in the News, we will learn about a man who is nominated for a prestigious award. In the segment, Truth in the Media, we will discover a new book teaching us how to pray. In the segment entitled, I Don't Get It, I will try to understand the teachings of a new documentary. Finally, during our Truth Topic of the Week, we will hear the truth from a cardinal about morality in the COVID-19 recovery. All of this, plus music from Aaron Hale and friends who sings, Jesus, Savior, Pilot Me. This and more on episode 233 of What is Truth? Saint of the Week. David is the patron saint of Wales, and perhaps the most famous of British saints. Ironically, we have very little reliable information about him. It is known that he became a priest, engaged in missionary work, and founded many monasteries, including his principal abbey in southwestern Wales. Many stories and legends sprang up about David and his Welsh monks. Their austerity was extreme. They worked in silence without the help of animals to till the soil. Their food was limited to bread, vegetables, and water. In about the year 550, David attended a synod where his eloquence impressed his fellow monks to such a degree that he was elected primate of the region. The Episcopal See was moved to a place where he had a monastery, now called St. David's. He ruled his diocese until he reached a very old age. His last words to his monks and subjects were, Be joyful, brothers and sisters. Keep your faith and do the little things that you have seen and heard with me. St. David is pictured standing on a mound with a dove on his shoulder. The legend is that once he was preaching that a dove descended on his shoulder and the earth rose to lift him high above the people so that he could be heard. Over 50 churches in South Wales were dedicated to him in pre-Reformation days. His feast day is March 1st. St. David of Wales, who followed the call to bring the faith to Wales. 
our Saint of the Week. Homily of the Week. Today's homily is based on the readings for the second Sunday of Lent, as Jesus is transfigured before three of his disciples. Flora was a carnivorous plant, but truly in the meat-eating sense. She lived in a supermarket next to her friend Porky, the butcher's counter. Porky treated her with great affection and attention and always had some morsel of meat to give her at the end of the day. But one day, Flora didn't get her ration of meat, nor the next day. So she got so worried that she decided to spy on Porky. What she found out was that he wasn't giving her anything because he was putting a lot of the big slabs of meat into a big yellow box. Pretending not to know anything about it, Flora asked Porky if she could have a little of the food kept in the yellow box. He responded very severely that she could not, and added, Don't even think about it, Flora. Don't even think about touching the meat in that box. The plant felt hurt as well as hungry, and she couldn't stop wondering who Porky was keeping all that delicious meat for. With her negative thoughts, she was filling up with anger. That very night, when the shop was empty, she went over to the box, opened it, and ate that meat until her belly ached. The next morning, when Porky arrived and discovered the theft, Flora felt terrible. He asked her several times whether she had taken the meat. At first, she denied it, but seeing Porky's worry and nerves, she decided to confess. What have you done, you reckless thing? Porky exploded. I told you not to touch it. All that meat was poisoned. That's why I haven't been able to give you anything for days. They sent us a spoiled delivery. Without delay, she found someone who could take care of her at the greenhouse hospital who managed to save Flora's life. She was already feeling great pain in her roots, and her leaves were changing color. The shock hit everyone hard, but at least Flora learned to stick to the rules set by those who most love her. In our first reading from the book of Genesis, we hear that God put Abraham to the test when he asked him to kill his son. And Abraham listened and was willing to obey God's command. And in response to Abraham's listening and obedience, God gives him descendants that are as numerous as the stars in the sky. We hear in in the second reading from the letter to the Romans that God gives us everything. And then in the Gospel of Mark, the transfiguration, God appears. He's there with Moses and Elijah. And the Holy Spirit says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And Christ asked the disciples, the three with him, not to say anything until after the resurrection. And they listen and obey. As as we enter this second Sunday of Lent, I think we're called to ask ourselves this question. Do we listen and do we obey? For the Lord calls us to do this so that he can give us his wondrous, marvelous, and peace-filled gifts. So, do we listen 
Do we obey? Often we don't listen. We're too self-absorbed, self-focused. We tune out God's voice because we're so busy doing what we're doing, we don't hear him. If we hear him, we don't listen because we have other things preoccupying our mind, our worries, fears, tasks to do during a given day, pleasures we want to engage in. Whatever it may be, we don't listen. And sometimes, if we're honest, we do listen, but we refuse to obey. We don't obey. We say, no, not now, or we push it out of our minds, and we do what we want to do. And when we live this way, not listening and obeying to God, we are missing the great gifts that he is giving us of his love, of his peace, of his mission, of forgiveness of sins. We are called as disciples of Christ to listen and obey. If we are to listen and obey, we must first hear and listen to what he is saying to us. And how do we listen to our Lord? Prayer. Not just asking for what we want, all right, fine, but listening to God's response. Listening in silence, even if it's for 30 seconds. Lord, what do you want me to do right now? Listen to God's small voice in your heart. That's what we're called to do. Now, we've got to be careful that we're not listening to ourselves and we're not listening to the evil one. But if we spend enough time with the Lord, we hopefully, and by his grace, will begin to hear and listen to his voice in our hearts. And when we listen to the Lord, we are called, of course, to obey, to give and live his choice, not our choice. Because our life, at the end of the day, it's not about us. And if we do, my brothers and sisters, we will be given all the blessings that God wants to give to us. Remember, God comes to us to offer us his love, his mercy, his forgiveness. So we must listen and never forget that when Christ speaks to us, what we are hearing which is what the disciples heard in the gospel about Jesus. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And now let us listen to Aaron Hale and friends who sings, Jesus, Savior, Pilot Me. Savior, pilot me over life's tempestuous sea. Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rock and treacherous shore. Chart and compass come from thee, Jesus, Savior, pilot. Chart and compass come from thee, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. 
Catholics in the news. A Catholic lawyer who helped found the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong has been nominated to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. Martin Lee Chuming 
1882, founded Hong Kong's Democratic Party in 1994. Wee has been demonstrating for universal suffrage in Hong Kong for nearly 40 years. He was a founding chairman in 1990 of Hong Kong's first pro-democracy party, the United Democrats of Hong Kong, and led the party's successor, the Democratic Party, while serving in the territory's legislature for more than 20 years. We also helped to draft the Basic Law, or Constitution of Hong Kong. Norwegian Conservative Party members nominated Lee for the prize, calling the lawyer a source of inspiration for the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong and an advocate for freedom around the world. Hong Kong police arrested Lee, along with 14 other pro-democracy demonstrators, on April 18, 2020. He was arrested for taking part in protest in 2019 as well, against an extradition bill, now withdrawn, that would have allowed the Chinese government to extradite alleged criminals from Hong Kong to the mainland to stand trial. Lee is currently out on bail. Lee Chuming, a Catholic man speaking up for the basic rights of citizens of Hong Kong and a, nom- and a n- nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize. This week's Catholics in the News. Truth in the Media Father James Martin infrequently prayed until his late 20s. And even when he did pray, as he recalls, it was asking for God's help on things like acing a test or hitting a home run in Little League or getting a raise at work. Martin tells that story in the introduction of his new book entitled Learning to Pray, A Guide for Everyone. It's part of a broader reflection on the infrequent role prayer played in his life until he joined the Jesuits at age 27. He told the story to emphasize what he makes clear in the book's first few sentences. Everyone can pray, he writes. Let me put that another way. If I can learn to pray, then so can you. Martin, the editor at Large of America magazine, said that the book was written for everyone from the doubtful seeker to the devout believer for the person who has never prayed to the person who prays regularly. Father Martin said that there are many voices in this new book as it pulls together everything he has learned about prayer from 30 years as a Jesuit and 20 as a spiritual leader. A great deal was informed by my own experiences in prayer, he said, both the rich moments and the dry times. But just as much, if not more, was informed by those who see me for spiritual direction and those I've directed on retreats. Father Martin continued that I didn't break any confidences, of course, or share anything personal, but the struggles they had with prayer, as well as their own consolations, helped me write this book from a broader point of view than if it had been drawn from my experiences alone. Father Martin also admits that he did not plan for the book to come out during a global pandemic or a time of intense civil discord, but he does see the timing as providential. These days, many of us are involuntary monks, he writes. Our lives are physically circumscribed, as they might be in a monastery. 
They have been a natural moving inward that points us to prayer. Also, in times of discord, people look for a sense of stability. That also points us to prayer. Father Martin defines prayer as a personal or conscious conversation with God. It's more than just a one-way street. It's about a relationship that happens, he writes. I think on our part, it's often easy for us to understand our part. We speak to God. But I think, he said, that the harder thing is listening to God. Another question Father Martin answers is how to find God in one's daily life. He suggests the examination of conscience, or the examine, as a way of reviewing the day, as a place to start. The examine asks you to start with gratitude. Remember the things you're grateful for and call them to mind as you review your day and be thankful for them as signs of God's presence in your life. After you review your day, then you go through it hour by hour and think, where did I encounter God? Where did I feel like God was speaking to me? Then you look at the places where you might be sorrowful or regretful of the things you did that day and then end with a prayer on Our Father and ask for the grace next day to continue and do even better. You can do it, Father Martin said. The desire to eat, the desire to pray, and the impetus to even ask that question and wonder if you can do it is coming for God. Trust it. Learning to Pray, a guide for everyone, by Father James Martin, teaching us how to pray. This week's Truth in the Media. An upcoming documentary aims to revise Catholic iconography for those who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, LGBTQ, as will depict Jesus Christ as, quote, a member or ally of the LBGTQ community, unquote. It includes appearances from Jesuit Father James Martin, as well as dissenting Catholics who reject church teaching and advocate sacramental marriage for same-sex couples. The movie is entitled Wonderfully Made. It shows a cross with a rainbow banner draped across it, with a title normally with the Latin acronym INRI, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, which is depicted above the cross of Christ, is placed now LGBTQ+. The documentary's director, Yavul David, a Jewish man in a same-sex civil marriage with a Catholic man, claims the film does something unprecedented. It documents the creation of unique Catholic and LBGTQ iconography through sophisticated photo art that reimagines Jesus as a member or ally of the LGBTQ community. So let me try to understand this. A new documentary depicts Jesus as pro-LBDTQ, replacing the INRI with that above the cross of Christ. You've got to be kidding me, right? This is sacrilege. I don't get it!
Truth Topic of the Week. Science, medicine, and economics are all going to play important roles in the global post-pandemic recovery. But from the church's point of view, there needs to be a moral recovery first, says Cardinal Michael Searsny. We will not exit from COVID-19 better if we fall back into the temptation of individualism, whether personal or collective, often expressed in the form of political nationalisms and narrow economic interests, the Canadian Cardinal said. We must reject the ruinous ideologies of indifference, invisibility, and individualism, Cerny goes on to say. We must not foster divisions. We must not be hypocrites. We must reject an economic model based on greed, zeal for profit, and instant gratification. We must put people first, rejecting purely technocratic solutions. Susney emphasized the Pope's teaching against narrow nationalism and go-it-alone economics. Individual states acting alone cannot implement adequate solutions, he said. As a Jesuit, Searsney turned to the words of St. Ignatius of Loyola, Now is the time to give and not to count the cost. Well, Pope Francis teaches, especially in Fratelli Tutti, gives us a moral roadmap to emerge strong, less fearful, and more human. Searsney emphasized the ways in which COVID-19 has exposed divisions, flaws, and widespread suffering that have been growing long before the pandemic. The pandemic appeared in a particular context, he said, one of the widespread one of widespread injustice, inequality, and assaults on our common home. Here's a chance to see clearly, and we can take the opportunity to see clearly because this tragedy shows us things that are hard to see, or we don't like to see, but now it's right in front of our face. Cardinal Michael Searsney telling us the truth of the need for morality in COVID-19 recovery, our Truth Topic of the Week. Well, we have finished episode 233 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. If you have any feedback about the podcast you wish to share, please email me at deaconstevew at gmail.com. As we continue our Lenten journey, let us pray to grow in holiness as we grow in our love for Christ. Lord, help us to discern the truth, the truth you call us all to live. Help us to live in this truth so that we can be as you created us to be, truly free. And let us ask Our Lady's help in this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, at the hour of our death. Amen. Until next time, God willing, this is Deacon Steve. I invite you to join me as we discover together what is truth.